Welcome to StarCast from Planet Waves. Today's edition accompanies the weekly horoscope and article for the 8th of February 2024. Welcome wherever you may be in the world. Coming to you on a beautiful, warm, spring-like day here in upstate New York in the mid-Hudson Valley of New York State on the eve of the Aquarius New Moon as well as on the eve of the Lunar New Year, a.k.a. Chinese New Year, but also Vietnamese, etc., etc. And this is uh, quite an exciting chart. Uh, I've written an article about it that has uh, gone out called The Year of the Green Dragon, uh, as well as a horoscope column that is based on this chart, which has many things going on in Aquarius. For example, Mercury is in Aquarius... Uh, which one is this? This is Ophelia is in Aquarius, and then there is a a centaur named uh, Cariclo in Aquarius, and the moon and the sun and an asteroid Icarus in Aquarius. That's the one about flying too close to the sun. And then a planet that spends almost all of its orbit in Aquarius. I don't really know how that works, but I've checked this about 20 times, and it is true, called Damocles. Uh, is in the last degree of Aquarius before it leaves. Aquarius makes a quick run through the other 11 signs and then winds up back in Aquarius. I forget exactly when that happened, but the important part of that is, from the standpoint of uh, this little missive, is that Damocles will be in Aquarius for the fun. And uh, this is the Asian New Year. It's the second new moon after the winter solstice. That is how... That is calculated, and uh, there are a few more interesting things about this chart that I would like to tell you about. One that I have not mentioned till now, I was just gazing at the chart waiting for my heat to go off since I didn't feel like, well, it was chilly a minute ago, so I turned it on, but didn't want to record with the forced air vents, the world's worst kind of heat, uh, blowing. So I was meditating on the chart and noticed I had drawn in this uh, square aspect between Borisisi in late Pisces and Asbolus in late Gemini. I'm sure you're thinking, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know I've thrown around the titles of a lot of asteroids here, but these are not really asteroids. These are actually distant planets that orbit our sun very slowly. And Borisisi is kind of like about being lied to for your own good. It's about the truth within the lies and the lies within the truth. And it's based on a novel. It's a character in a novel. No, it's a god in a fictional religion in a novel by Kurt Vonnegut called Cat's Cradle. Now, if you feel like reading some fiction and you want to read something that'll take you about three hours that you will not want to put down, pick up a copy of Cat's Cradle. It is the perfect novel for our times. And there's a religion in that a book called Bokanonism, and the Bokanons, Bokanonists have as their uh, solar god Borisisi, and I cannot figure out how this planet got named Borisisi. I checked with all three of the discoverers, hoping to find the person who suggested the name Borisisi for this point, and they all said they don't know, which is really weird because only the discoverers name it, and it's a very creative name for a planet. 
square, 90 degrees, tense, dynamic aspect, and a very close square at that, splitting a single degree into three, Asbolus, which is about survival. And to me, this says very simply that beware of those who lie for their survival. Uh, this too is a thing these days that as long as you do it to survive, i.e., you say it's a living, well, we've all got to eat, it's okay to deceive people. And also, it's okay to deceive them for their own good. Yes. These are the patronizing times in which we live. And so this is cautionary. Borsisi square as bolus is cautionary of those who essentially make up stories, flying the flag of purity and goodness, and basically blow smoke up your ass. Okay, so that's one thing going on in this chart. And I wonder what else. Uh, that is talking to Damocles, the sword of the servant of the king, I forget who it was, who said, man, it would be great to be king. And the king said, okay, I'll let you be king for a day. And when he was sitting in the throne, he realized that there was a sword, a heavy sword, swords are heavy, hanging above his head by a single horsehair, and that at any moment the sword could break and come, the thread could break and, and drop the sword onto the head of the king, thereby killing him, and this servant uh, decides that it's not so great to be king. All right, so Damocles is in the picture. Also, while we're on the Minor Planet Patrol today, conjunct the moon and the sun is Icarus. Icarus is about peak experiences. Now, this is not that close to the moon and the sun, but two degrees. Okay, that's not that far away especially for a moon-sun conjunction. But the sun is going to be conjunct Damocles for a couple of days, and the moon is going to be conjunct Damocles all day tomorrow. So that would be Friday. And therefore, this really is conjunct, uh, excuse me, Icarus. Icarus is the thing two degrees away from the new moon. And Icarus is uh, the, Icarus was some relative of Daedalus, and the two of them were lost in some maze, and they couldn't get out of this maze. I forget who, who put them in there. And Icarus constructs wings, and he builds the wings out of wax, like he he connects the feathers to his body using wax, and lo and behold, he can fly, but he flies too close to the sun, and the, the wax of his wings melts, and dump, he lands right back in the maze. And I don't know how he gets, how they finally get out of the maze, good old Icarus and Daedalus. But Icarus comes to us, astrologically as an indicator of peak experiences, like really needing to do something intense. Things like extreme sports or why have sex with one person when you can have sex with five people or, you know, why take one drug when you can take four different drugs, etc. Peak experiences that have a kind of a soaring feeling to them. So that's in the mix also here. Uh, this uh, chart, did I even mention that Pluto is in Aquarius? I think I started when I gave the inventory. I forgot Pluto. So let's go back to Pluto. So Pluto is in Aquarius. 38 arc minutes, just, just barely dipping in. Uh, it entered on the 20th, I believe. Uh, this was the big entree of Pluto into Aquarius. 
Uh, we do get a few weeks in the Northern Hemisphere autumn when Pluto dips back in and grazes Capricorn again, but that's kind of a freak of nature. Might not have done that under other orbital circumstances, uh, but it will do that briefly. But for now, and for most of this year, Pluto is going to be in Aquarius. And I had a concept of what the group initiation thing, I'm not sure if you're following me on other platforms, uh, but I, I've been whining a bit about not having satisfactory examples of group initiation, group evolution associated with Pluto and Aquarius. Because in my analysis, given in somewhere in between, there are, are three main things that might manifest under Pluto, Pluto and Aquarius. One, the supremacy of groups, a problem we've seen quite a bit of in the past four years, groups dominating individuals. The second is individuals challenging groups using that contrarian thing that Aquarius has to it. And the third is group evolution. And I would, so I've been whining that I don't have good examples of genuine group evolution. Now, I mean, we see them in certain bands where the people treat each other as equals, even though one person may write more of the lyrics, a la Radiohead, Tom York, all the members of the band share the credit for the song equally. So that's an example of, a, of an evolved group. Uh, there are a lot of other examples that usually come from like the disaster department, that things bad happen, like a tornado comes through a town and then the town has to grieve its losses and rebuild. That is a group evolution, and there's many, many examples of that. But do we really need to wait until a tornado comes through your town to experience some kind of a group evolution? So I'm looking for as many ideas as possible about group evolution so that I can put those ideas back out and give people a sense of what that might look like and feel like so that you recognize it when you're experiencing it. And I would say that any form of cooperation, any form of a, of a scenario where two or more people get together and say, hey, this will be easier and better if we do it together, let's give that a try, would qualify as a form of group evolution. Now, obviously, we want these things to last. We want there to be kind of a maturing quality to them and, uh, uh, you know, uh, some long-lasting benefit, but let's get the practice while we can. So I would say with all of this Aquarius, particularly Pluto driving the entire movement, any opportunity to cooperate with other people for collective purposes or for their benefit rather than your benefit. Now, I mean, we all need things in the world, but there's a special pleasure that, you know, sometimes thought of as being the volunteer spirit of you, you help when you can just because it's the thing to do. It feels good or you want to help or it's, it's just, it's just the, the right thing to do. So any such, uh, contribution or collaboration, I think would count as practice steps on the way to group evolution. Uh, one or two more points. Uh, this new moon is harmonizing very nicely with the Chiron group in late Aries. That's Chiron, North Node, and Eris. Uh, as we head for a total solar eclipse, two new moons from now conjunct Chiron, 
Uh, this is going to be a big solar eclipse that cuts through the, well, southeastern Canada, clear through uh, middle United States, down diagonally to Texas and into Mexico, where the eclipse reaches its maximum intensity. Uh, so this new moon is playing nice with that forthcoming new moon and the placements in late Aries. Uh, to me, symbolizing the collaboration between the one and the many rather than uh, the, the typical uh, every man for himself kind of thing or me against the world kind of a thing uh, that we get uh, a lot of the time. So the individual and the group collaborating. And there's one other thing going on, and I, I am sad to say that this aspect is waning, meaning that it's past its peak intensity. It's still within one degree of exactitude, but Jupiter is moving forward, and the aspect is Jupiter 60 degrees away from Saturn. That's called a sextile, and I think that is an aspect of maximum, well, interaction, collaboration, traction. It's not confrontational like a square or an opposition. It's not easy peasy, oops, I missed my chance, like a trine. Um, it's not this uh, constant need to adjust and adapt like a quincunx, 150 degree aspect. It's not triggering like a semi-square or a sesquiquadrate. It is simply collaborative and it has traction and it is balanced. And we have both Jupiter and Pisces in feminine signs. For example, Pisces and Taurus. And to me, this is helping hold the world in balance, such as it may be. And as Jupiter moves out of that sextile to Saturn, it moves into a conjunction to Uranus. And this is going to be a tremendous accelerant all through the spring. This is going to be a very, very unusual spring forthcoming. Uh, that said, I'm offering a spring reading called Eye of the Centaur. You'll see ads for it starting to go around. They're pretty green and orange ads with a total solar eclipse and a galaxy superimposed over it. These are going to be my first set of video readings focusing on Chiron. And uh, these will be out the first week of March. I'm planning to record them the last week of February at the Astrology Chalet in Rosendale. Um, we have a whole bunch of new subscribers to the Planet Waves Substack from the Somewhere in Between project. Those readings are still hot. Welcome to customers of Somewhere in Between who are listening to this and who have recently joined us. I've got a hot Planet Waves FM for you planned for Sunday. This seems to be the program's new day. Uh, we are going to continue to take apart people who are essentially, well, lying to the public for survival as we began with Boris C.C. Square as Bolas, uh, who, are, who are saying, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to lie to you. There's a good few of those in the celebrity class of the health freedom movement, so-called, and other things we'll be checking in with uh, Reiner Fulmix Handler on uh, on the outside in Canada. Reiner Fulmix, another celebrity health freedom person in jail in Germany, or so we are told. And I will have uh, a comprehensive, long interview with, well, her name is Elsa, and she is, uh, is Reiner's handler, and many other uh, things going on 
on Sunday's Planet Waves FM. Thank you for your business, your trust, for listening, for sharing this uh, podcast and article with other people. And uh, I'm going to sign off and say good evening, and I will catch you on Sunday with Planet Waves FM. Thanks so much. Lots of love. And bye for now.